welcome to episode 161 of... Brutal Battle. Yes, that's actually another new voice, as people know if you listen to this podcast going way back. We're always trying to bring new people on. We're always trying to get new perspectives, new taste buds. And uh, this should be quite an interesting one, especially when it comes to the mystery beers. Because the, the person we have could be a ringer, in a sense, when it comes to that. But we'll talk about that in a second. First of all, we have a return guest. His name is... Michael Johnson. Yes, we all know Mike. He's been on the show quite a few, maybe at least three oh, other stints, times, maybe yeah. four, I don't know. But it, I figured it's been a while, mm-hmm. so we need to get you on here. And then our newbie, who you heard say the name of the podcast, you, sir. Joshua are. Rodriguez. Joshua Rodriguez. And brand new to the show. Brand spanking new. Although I've seen you before. Yeah. Like sell two, a beer. Two times. <laughs> this guy. You know what I do, bro, I love the most. <laughs> full disclosure, this guy works with Mike at Wine World. Um, and I I will say that the two times I had met you at Wine World, I remember after our, our interactions thinking, that guy's excited about beer. Like Because most people, when you go into liquor stores and you ask them about beer, they're usually like, oh, you know. Um, but you were like, oh. <laughs> like, so I got this one over here that I tried recently that I think is really awesome, and I got it. You're just excited about beer. Which one is thing I found out thing. that I like more than beer itself is talking about beer. Okay. You know what I mean? And like, but how can you like that more than beer itself? Because I like talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I got something I like talking about now. <laughs> then it makes sense. Then it makes sense. Well, we're going to talk to Josh about um, who he is, how he got into craft beer, and all that like we typically do. But first, uh, I'm going to do beer Googles as well, but first, the issue is Mike's probably not going to be talking a whole lot since we're going to you know, get all the backstory on Josh. My, my throat's getting a little dry, too, I'm not right, going to lie. Exactly. So, I have a warm-up beer because I needed to make sure that Mike would be okay until the mystery beers happen, so we're going to do a warm-up. Um, this warm beer up. was actually from uh, Kyle Norman, longtime listener of the podcast, been on a few times, great guy overall. Uh, it's from Lavery Brewing Company, and they're out of Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think we've had one or two Lavery things on here before. Uh, not actually rated, but just as, like, warm-ups. Uh, this is part of their 12th Street Stash series. It's kind of like a special run. I believe we got it actually from the brewery itself. It is a Beer de Mars style, which I had to look up ahead of time, which is basically kind of like a... Um, it's a French-style beer. Yeah, it's kind of like a Saison, apparently, but it was done by, like, French farmers. Which you can consider Mars a March. farmhouse ale. Yeah. It's very... What I had read is it's very farmhouse-esque. Yeah. But this one's not just straight up. It's a Beer de Mars rum barrel aged with currants and raisins. <laughs> so, a lot of stuff. Different. Also, I have a new... Beer opener. I was wondering what was in that yeah. bag. It's in like a. Real, <laughs> I figured it was like for your mic or something. No, it's in like a real nerdy like dice bag that people would have for like Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons, like me because I have one and I play Dungeons and Dragons I was, actually. So. I was thinking like uh, Hops's uh, closest cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so what it is? This is a new beer opener that Rebecca actually gave me right before we started recording because our anniversary is next week, and this is part of my gift. So she goes by the whole like. Each number of year, it's it's wood or it's lace or it's, you know, whatever. So this time around, part of it was iron, and this is made out of iron, and it's got copper around it. So it's by a guy named Claude Nazaire. He's out of Quebec, Canada, and he f- is a blacksmith. He forges he forges stuff, to just awesome. put it pretty bluntly. 
Uh, so if you like this, you can find his stuff. It's at uh, you can email him at nas nasforge at gmail dot com or check out his Etsy page, which is slash Etsy dot com slash shop slash nasforge. So let's see how this works, though, because I love this kid. He's like, you know. if you like it, you can check it out here. Yet nobody can see it because we're doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, if you like the. F- if you like that we... It does look really cool, guys. I'll tell you right, that. exactly. You know, Mike will tell you what it looks like. I'm going to tell you it does look cool. I already told you a little bit of what it looks like. And let's see if it works. Yeah, it works. It looks pretty functional. It popped... It actually popped uh, the top off very quickly. It was pretty effortless. So, it's the upward wrenching uh, action, which I find to be the easier of the actions instead of, you know, trying to wrench it downward. I always hate that. So, let me pour a little bit of this for everyone. And as I'm pouring it... I believe I'm getting some barrel character wafting to my nose. This is a good heavy-duty bottle opener, too. You could use this as a weapon. Actually, that's exactly what I told Rebecca when she gave it to me. I was like, you could probably kill somebody. So you poured that last one with a little bit of uh, more vigor, or vigorousness, however you want to say it, (laughs) than the first two, and I still don't see that much head on it. Yeah, no, there isn't a ton. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of head on this. Um, And if you guys want, while we're... Going through the episode, feel free to refresh yourself on it if you like it. So coloration-wise, it's pretty copperish. Uh, I'm sorry, the lighting's not op- optimal down here at the moment, but it's like a, a little like bit a of an orangish-brown hue. Hazy hue to it. Though. Yeah, it's a little hazy. I mean, barrel aging a lot of times, especially with fruit, you know, raisins and currants. So you're going to get a lot of particulate from that. Um, it's a little murky, yeah. It's got a very sweet smell. Yeah, super sweet, which, I mean, you know, if you think about things like currants and raisins, they're dehydrated fruits, so you're going to have a ton of ton of sugar, a ton of sweetness coming off because of that. smell the raisins mildly right now. Yeah, the sweetness, a little bit of that raisin aspect. Maybe as it warms up, it'll come out a bit more. Yeah, I don't remember... I don't really... I, I don't remember the last time I had a currant, so... I don't know if I'm particularly smelling currants in there, but do you guys pick up any of the rum characters? No. I was gonna say I can get a bit of alcohol. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like you can definitely smell alcohol, but it isn't fusel alcohol. It isn't right. like sharp or burning or anything like no. that. No, it's more. It's kind of soft, but it's also it, it bites your nose just like the yeah. slightest bit. All across the board so far, its aromatics are mild. Yeah. In every department, which is a pretty good thing. A lot of sweet, dehydrated fruitiness in there. It's definitely, good, yeah, you can definitely uh, get some, uh, what you want to call... It's like Saison. Some melanoidins. You can definitely get some melanoidin factors in there. Break that down for me, because I'm not he uses 100% warning, sure on that warning. one. Josh uses a lot of big words that only really true beer nerds and beer geeks know. So, essentially what you have is melanoidin flavor. It comes from the mallard effect, somewhat. The mallard effect, and that is just essentially darker colored flavors that you can get from the malt. Um, Like caramel malt. Okay. Caramel malt offers a bit more than what Pilsner malt offers. It's just different flavors. Right. Uh, essentially like uh, raisin or prune. Mm-hmm. So when you're brewing with caramel malt or you're brewing with, uh, for example, um, uh, brain fart. 
It's all right. But yeah, caramel malt is one of the malts that can offer like some type of you know raisin ass flavor, and it can be melanoidin. Okay. Back in the day, when the Germans and they still kind of do it now, you know, when they would uh, brew their beers, they would do a decoction mash. They would take a part out of the mash, add it to another kettle, mm. bring it to boil. And then put that boil back into the regular mash, and that will cr- increase melanoidin flavor. Oh. So things like, uh, let's say, a Doppelbach, yes. you get that raisinous flavor, and that is from the decoction mash. Nice. So it, it, you can kind of smell the raisins and the things that oh. I'm talking about. Um, have you tasted it yet? Probably not because you were talking, but no. thank you for that information, by the way. Uh, I was tasting it while you were giving us all that knowledge that I had no idea about, so thank you. Um, and it's, it's a lot lighter than I thought it would be. It's more delicate in my opinion. And I get a lot of that, of a kind of Cezanne yeast type character that's right under, um, those kind of sweet sugary fruit notes. A lot of raisin, like I said, currants, it's been a while, so I'm sure we're tasting it. I just don't know. And then a little bit of that kind of like spice type sweetness. Uh, that you get from rum. Well, you can definitely get a sense of sourness at the back of the Just tongue. Like, I wouldn't say sour. I'd say tartness. Tartness. Because I can actually enjoy this, and you know I don't tart. like sours, but it's got just like a pinch of tartness that hits you on the back end sides of your tongue. Which is pretty um, well known with farmhouse styles. You know, that's what farmhouse kind of is. You know, that funky, bilious shit that you get from... A farm, you know what I mean, and I can kind of taste it in the back of my barnyard funk. Yeah, barnyard funk, but it's not apparent. I won't say that it is not apparently funky. Right, right. It's just got at the tail end yeah, just a yeah. little bit. You yeah. can taste it on the you. back of the tongue. So the ABV is not on this. Um, I'm I was wa- searching for that. Yeah, I'm wondering where it is because it doesn't taste like it's a high ABV at all. I mean, this tastes to me like, even though we were saying we could kind of smell some of that. Um, spirit characteristic and i am tasting some of it i'm not tasting a whole lot of alcohol to it my second taste i definitely on my second taste i and i couldn't get it on the nose but my second taste i definitely pick up brett there's definitely a little brett in there That's, which is yeah. where that f- kind of funky where that funkiness, funkiness is coming from yeah i right. can definitely pick up on some brett on that Try to, like, let it roll on your tongue a little bit it's not heavy though it's not heavy like i said it's not apparent but i can it's there I this love good, Brett. This is a good, good, easy beer. Um, you know, I, it, for me, I don't know that they needed to go to all the lengths of doing the rum barrel aging with the currants and the raisins. Um, because I don't know how much the rum is actually adding to it. Be, especially because... Really can't taste it. Right. I mean, like I was saying, I was getting like a little bit of that kind of like spice, sweet rum characteristic. But I just feel like... You didn't yeah. necessarily need to put that much work into it for it to be real I'm tasty. I more so taste... It's good, though. I like it. I'm more so definitely... Smooth. Like I said, I could definitely clearly taste Brett a lot. Yeah. Not a lot, but I mean, it's more apparent than most flavors in there. Yeah, definitely at the end. Yeah. The end. So, let's continue to sip on this. Um, I like it. Do you guys like it? Yeah, it's not bad. It's easy. Um, assuming it's not high ABV. What's she call again? Mike will be the, the main test, because I'm sure he'll be drinking plenty of it as as we talk. I don't think he's going to have problems with that. You you just <laughs> let us know as soon as you feel it, Mike. Just let us know when you feel it, and then we'll know about where the ABV is. 
So, um, so Josh. Yes, sir. Let's talk beer. How'd you get into craft beer in the first place? Um, I'd say about five, six years ago, I was okay. building airplane parts, uh, thrust reversers at Middle River Aircraft Systems. Uh, right. I like saying airplanes. I mean, it's one of the biggest parts of the airplane. And, um, so the wife and I, we went to San Francisco to visit her brother, my brother-in-law. And he, uh... <laughs> Essentially told me that we we're going to a brewery, and me being an East Coast kind of dude, I envisioned a manufacturing plant. And like I said, I, I was oh, building right, airplanes, right. so I was like, why, "Why are you taking me to Budweiser, dude? Like, <laughs> I don't want to see this nonsense." I mean, back then Corona was king, and we ended up in Lagunitas, and um, I opened nice. up this menu and I said, "Where's the food?" <laughs> he said, "There's no food, dude." So I seen like it was like twenty beers and you know, I was just like, Oh my god. So then I drank this bitter, bitter, bitter concoction, as we all know, Lagunitas is quite a uh, staple for bitterness. And I, I just looked at him and I said, Dude, why do they make beer that tastes like this? This is terrible. Right. This is the worst thing in the world. I, I don't everyone's, know why. Everyone's first reaction yes. to hoppy beers, yeah. So by the time I was drunk, we were at Russian River. Drinking Pliny, and I was like, "This is the best. <laughs> this is the best wait, wait. stuff ever." Did you love it then? I, by the time I was drunk, my taste buds oh, were not go. functional anymore, and it all right. tasted good. You there know, you go. so and the trip lasted two weeks, and we just I drank everything, everything that was pretty big now. It was big back then, it's still big now, like Stone. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I was drinking Yeti. It was all these powerful, bitter, hoppy head beers. And when I came back, just like anything else, I'm a geek. I just started reading. Slowly, I got my certified beer server. And then uh, World of Beer came out. And I said, you know what, baby? I'm going to use this certification and actually do something. I quit my job and started working at World of Beer. And I needed some extra money to supplement. And I ran into this guy, Mike. And I said, dude, I need a job. Like I like talking about beer. And it actually worked out because Wine World was more of um, of a place to, you know, kind of help culture what I needed to learn to take my Cicerone exam. Right. And I, I just took my exam maybe four weeks ago. I'm still waiting for my results. Cool. And uh, maybe in a, a following episode, we can talk about the whole Cicerone Exam ordeal, prepping for it, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> just, just to let you know where I stand on that, I thought about it, and that's as far as I went. <laughs> I thought about it because it sounds like kind of hellacious in a sense. It's a journey, dude, and it's all about what you want. You know, there's plenty of times that, you know, Mike will present me to people, and he'll be like, well, you know, this guy is a beer guru. And I'm like, well, I'm still learning from him. Mm. And, you know, he's no beer guru, but he has an enormous amount of practical knowledge. You know, and there's a lot of theory in reading the books and learning yeah. all these big words and tasting. It's a lot in the tasting and, you know, properly serving beer. Yeah. You know, which you can't get that anywhere else but doing it in, in the field. True, but, true. From like a product manager saying the guy buys beer, you know, he has practical knowledge with beer, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of things that go with it, you know, but like I said, it was just something I had an interest in. I'm a geek and I went for it. So about five years it's been going on. 
Yeah, and I took the Cicerone's exam series for like the last year. But, but beforehand, yeah, I mean, I've been drinking beer avidly for like five, six years. Nice. Good yeah. craft beer. Good craft right. beer. Well, that's yeah. usually I hung up how, the Coronas. Usually how it starts <laughs> is people just start being like, wait, there's good beer out there. You try a certain amount and then you're just like, hold on a second. I think I want to know a little bit more about how this is happening. Yeah. And then, like you said, now you just love talking about it. Well, you love talking well about it's it. also the culture, too. You know, you, yeah. you, you really run into, especially like a state like Maryland, we are still riding that craft beer wave. Yeah. I'm not going to say we're, we're like we're years senior behind. in it. Yeah, we're years behind. But you're still running into people who are just as excited as I am. And I can talk for hours about it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, any circle you want to be in, you want to be the most knowledgeable. So, you know what I mean? Well, that, that's then, one of the reasons you do... I, I, Anybody would do that. or Probably the over, overwhelming majority of the time now, you are the most knowledgeable about it wherever you are because... Some, most places, it's so, yeah. it's it, we're, Like you were saying, we're so fledgling still in Maryland with the craft beer community that, you know, there, a lot of people, when they come and talk to you, they're just like, I'm just starting to taste yeah. these things. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are interested in beer, and like you said, they don't know the difference between an ale and a lager. Right. You know, and that's yeah. where, you know, I would love to be able to educate people mm-hmm. with the best knowledge. And even if they don't necessarily want to know the nitty-gritty of how they're made, you can at least uh, teach someone what what's the taste difference. And they have the tools to do so. Yeah. You know what I mean? To understand why these beers taste like that. And the understanding of that allows you to know. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's not... Um, always a well of knowledge. Or I know more than you, you know, which yeah, I did yeah. say that earlier. There's but a lot it's of that not, kind of it's, it's a little bit more than that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to know yeah. what's the difference between an ale and a lager because it'll help you pair it with food. You know, and I and that's a big thing I'm on right now. Like, I really like drinking beer with food. Yeah. You know, oh, wine, I mean, wine has been the forefront of food and cuisine for a very long time. And I think now beer is actually, it, it's changing. Things yeah. are changing. Beer definitely holds a seat at the table with wine. Agreed. With no problem. So for me, when it comes to, you know, the beer knowledge, I greatly respect people who have the drive, like yourself, to go out and understand the process, understand what can go wrong in the process, how to avoid that, you know, all those types of things. I think about it, and I want to know some, but I also feel like I don't want to know too much because I feel like, for me personally, it kind of, like, ruins the magic a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah. I also I also want to be able to kind of drink a beer and just be like, it's kind of magical that someone made a beer that tastes like this. Instead yeah. of drinking it and being like, well, yeah. I know exactly how this was done and, you know, what could yeah. have gone wrong. So, I just feel like I would think a little too hard. Also, you just don't want to get caught up in the nerdy stuff too much. It's like, la, 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 and people looking at you like, why is he talking Martian? <laughs> I, want, I want to go part of the way there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of like yeah. stop in the middle or a quarter of the way there or whatever. But what I think is most important is for people to understand enough about what they like so that they can understand their palate and, and not just what they like at that moment, but where their palate has been and where their palate can go or where they would like it to go. Because, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. It's been a long time, but, you know, you can kind of put yourself on like a beer tasting plan to map out how you go from, you know, having your first Hefeweizen to now you're drinking uh, Imperial IPAs and Sours. You know, there's a way to get there. Well, I think that's important, though, that not only have a plan, but just 
have a need or a drive to try yeah. different beers. The desire. And I and I run into a lot of people, you know, that are just really stuck yes. on IPAs. You know, and what I feel becomes dangerous is that you particularly like one aspect of beer. So now, for example, I have noticed a lot of people in Maryland, for example, they come and because a beer is incredibly bitter and has a high IBU, it's the best beer in the world. Right. I, I, you know, and that's your opinion. And, and you yeah. can have that opinion. But, let's then, be honest. Then you start saying to people... It's an unbalanced of, beer, you know. Well, and that, I'm looking for balance in beer, you know. And, that, but then you also start getting the people who, even though they don't know a ton about it, they start judging others and saying... Well, this is the best beer, and you're drinking garbage because you're drinking like a Kolsch. When there's some amazing Kolsches out there, gotta be honest. Absolutely. Big smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Big smile on my One face. One that I really like uh, that I want to call out there is Manor Hill's Kolsch. They're Catherine's Kolsch. Catherine's Kolsch. Very nice, unfiltered Kolsch. Love it. Rebecca's a huge fan as well. But, you know, just to, just to basically say that I think everyone needs to just understand what they want, where they've been, where they can go. Yeah. And just know that everyone else is going to be either on a different path, at a different stage, absolutely, or just wanting to be somewhere else. And absolutely, so. to add on to you about you talking about coaches, you know, back to the geeky stuff. Like, if you knew what it took to make a coach, it might make you like it more. It's a complicated beer style. I can see you that. You know, it's just not like, you know, brewing any type of ale. It's an ale that is lagered. It's a hybrid style beer, you know what I mean, and making it completely and utterly different. And I get you on that point because I think the the uninitiated would kind of start being like, oh, it's not as doesn't have as robust of flavors, so it's probably a lot easier to make. It's probably you yeah. know whatever, yeah. and it's not and not so supposed to have a lot of flavor. You yeah. know, it, it's why the beer has a subtle fruitiness because it's using a ale yeast. But then again, you are lagering it, and that's what when you store a beer before you bottle it, it takes away most of its uh, you know ale character. You know what I mean? As a lager, most lagers are boring. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's an interesting beer, really, in theory. You know, yeah. it, it, and it goes good with a lot of food. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, awesome, good talk. Uh, I'm glad we figured out where you are. Uh, real quick, some of your favorite craft beers right now. Right now, I really am digging a Droid Theory. Okay, from Percival, oh, yep. Virginia. The first time I talked to you at Wine World, you yes, were and I, I'm pushing, I'm, I'm pushing it on people. <laughs> I love their beer, dude. Well, we actually, when we're recording right now, we just had a Adroit Theory Showcase episode come out uh, where we had a few of their beers on. So uh, I'll have to have you listen to that. Yeah, I, awesome. I can talk to you about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, like, cool. What all went on? But um, cool. We'll talk some more on the next episode and. Let's do your first mystery beers. Why not? Um, see what you can do. Uh, Mike is expecting you to kill it. Uh, probably not. But I will say no pressure. No pressure. You know, because I know there's the recording equipment, there's the pressure from Mike judging oh, there's you. there's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Because <laughs> Mike's not, he's not light on the pressure with these things. So, All right, so we got A and B in front of us. Color- you get my water now? I definitely, I definitely tasted your water. <laughs> Hopefully I get some good luck now. <laughs> Probably not. Um, Alright, so A is orangey... I'd say more brownish. Reddish. Yeah, there's a little bit of a... Like a reddish a copper. hue. Um, and it's a little hazy. It's not crazy amount of haze to it, but a tad bit hazy in there. It smells like, like fresh air conditioning almost. 
Not much of a head. Well, I mean, it's been oxidized a bit as well. You think so? Sat out for a while. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were meaning in the bottle or can. No, no, I mean, it actually literally sat on the table for a while. Am I off? Because when I'm smelling it, I feel like I'm smelling a tad bit of like a strawberry character. Like a light strawberry. I'm not really getting too much aroma yet. There is not a ton. No. It is very, very, very faint. I feel like I get a tad bit of strawberry. You might be able to call it a tad bit of raspberry. Although not quite as much tartness as you would assume from raspberry. A little bit of a sweetness to it. Are you doing the wine thing with your tasting? Well, it can be applied to beer as well. Oh, I figured. So you have your... uh Orful nasal and your retro nasal. Okay. And what happens is, if you put a little bit of beer under your tongue and stick your tongue in between your teeth as you close it and bubble it up a bit, the aroma can go to the back of your throat. So essentially what you do, you can smell and taste it. It it enhances your ability to kind of, you know, get an aroma from it. It helps a lot in certain cases. Did you guys get anything additional off the smell? Still, I'm still stuck on this aroma. It's really low, um, but it kind of strikes me with the the uh, notes that I was saying about, it, and I'm also getting a tad bit of maybe an appleiness, um, just like kind of like a really low flavor fruit snack, like a fruit roll up. So now I want to taste it. You guys have been on that. Go ahead and tell me what you guys are tasting. Got a much stronger tartness. Definitely has a tartness. Yeah. It's almost like a lambic in tartness. I can tell you, I'm not too big of a fan of this one. Of course not. <laughs> this guy does not like sours. Or wilds or anything of the nature. It doesn't taste like... Eh. It is incredibly dry as well. Yeah, it's very drying on the end. Yeah. I feel like I am getting some sort of juice in there. Like this is done with... They juiced some sort of fruit... And put it in there. Potentially a little bit of that raspberry I was talking about. Potentially some of the uh, strawberry. But I don't I don't know. Well, if it's supposed to be some sort of sour, I don't know if it really plays I like a sour. don't taste thing. any wheat at all. But it doesn't mean it doesn't have any wheat. I don't taste any salt. So I'm kind of taking the goza part out of here. Definitely not a mm. goza. No. I could see this being like a super wimpy, someone's take on a Berliner Weiss. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is a Berliner Weiss. I was going to say, but, but this fruit, is... But with some sort of fruit added. Well, which is pretty common as well. Raspberry, strawberry. In Germany, they don't really drink Berliner Weisses straight. What they like oh, to they add is Woodruff, yep, Woodruff or some raspberry syrup. Isn't Woodruff kind of marshmallowy? Um, from what I understand, it is minty. Is it? It's God, minty like, if you remember, when we had the one tasting, and I actually, uh... You put that bitter liqueur in, Yeah, in, I put uh, a... It was a bitter, minty liqueur. Hmm. And it reminded me of Woodruff. And I kind of put it in a burner device that we had, and it was actually excellent. This guy don't like burner devices, and he... It was drinkable. It, it was drinkable. Drinkable. Uh, okay. But I'm going with Which, a burner For me, that's device. saying something. Yeah, no, I was about to say that is really saying it's something because I can't believe yeah. I'm hearing it right now. Um, but, I, you know, it, 
I, I don't want it to be any type of Berliner Weiss because it doesn't taste like it should be. Um, what I, what it kind of does. What I would say it should be, style-wise, is just a fruit beer. You know how they'll just have those breweries will put out and just say it's a fruit beer and it's just like our strawberry Are ale. Are you getting any whatever. wheat from it? I kind of feel like I feel I like there's a little... I kind of feel like I'm getting yeah, a little bit of wheat A little wheat at from the there. end. That's, which is why I said potentially a Ber- Berliner Weiss. A real puny one. Know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not incredibly tart. You're not getting a lot of lacto. It's not a bad beer. No, it's decent. It's not great, though, either. Real yeah. summerside drinkable beer. That's I mean, that's true. Yeah, poolside, hangout. And, and that's what a Berliner Weiss is as well. There's a fruitiness to it. There's that very slight tart aspect on the end. Definitely dry. Um, a lot of watery character to the mouthfeel, so that could be very tantalizing during a summer uh, light body. outing, whatever. Light body. Super light. Uh, don't really taste much of a ABV on it either. It's got to be low. It's a burn of ice. I'm going with... Our, our... If, if that's what it is, then it's like below five most likely well i mean you do i'm pretty sure if we looked it up you probably got burner devices that are like 2.3 yeah you know 2.33 somewhere like that i know wicked weed they put out yeah. some some sours that are like in the threes and the yeah twos. they got some pretty light stuff <laughs> let's move that thing it's right there <laughs> you trying to drink his water again? Oh, yeah. it's i want to let it be known it's like right in front of me it is it is in all fairness to you it is all right, well, let's move on to B. B looks very different, um, very dark. Uh, looks like probably porter stout. Um, little, little, little bit of a head on the edges. Um, what tan, head you do have? This brown, nice super brown, brown house, brownish head. Which would lead me to believe maybe it's more on the imperial side of something. I smell alcohol. Mm-hmm. Definitely smell alcohol. Ooh. There is some booze there. Yeah. It has more aroma than the uh, yeah. prior beer. Yeah, definitely. I get a slight smoky character on there. I get a lot of, uh, like, I get some dark chocolate. I get a slight smoke aspect, almost a little bit of, like, a jerky uh, quality, because with that smokiness, there's almost a little bit of a salinity in there as well. And from the nose. Maybe a little oaky? From the nose, I really want to say this is some type of Imperial Porter. Yeah. Just from the nose. I haven't tasted it yet. I'm also getting a raisininess, which would potentially... I'm getting more of a liqueur. Yeah. Licorice that of taste. I was just going to say that yeah. raisiness kind of yeah. usually says to me higher ABV or maybe some barrel aging to it. But also, I'm getting black patent malt. Okay. What I feel like it smells like, I might be wrong, of course. It smells like there might be some black patent malt in there. Oh, they're calling some... out a particular malt. But there's like a black pepper on the taste. Is there? I get, when I get that, when I'm smelling it and I get that kind of like little hit of the dark chocolate on there, that makes me extremely happy. That is a very light body. That is definitely a porter. I'm, yeah, very light body. It's kind of smoky and salty. Yeah, but it like it's it, the body is definitely not stoutish. It's not a thick body. I'd say it's kind of like medium. You know, it's not. It looks and smells like it's going to be imperial, and it doesn't. Yeah, the mouthfeel doesn't come off that way. Yeah. It comes off more medium. This is what I'm gonna say a porter. I won't say it's a robust porter either. Might be a robust porter. 
There's a decent bitterness on the finish as well. Yeah. Had a bit of a hop characteristic to it. Leathery, as I keep tasting it, there's some definite leather character in there. Which I think kind of goes with what I was saying on the nose with that kind of jerky aspect. I feel like leather and jerky kind of go together I'm a lot. I'm getting that time. jerkiness that you're talking about. It's always been hard for me to put my, my finger on that word. But yeah. Mm. It's a little rough on my tongue, though. It's a mild coffiness. Mild. There's a tad bit of a sweetness up front on it as well. But it's like a, a multi-sweet. It's like sweet in the middle of the body for me. Yeah. Like middle of my sip. I'm getting sweet. I feel like the bitterness is really growing as I continue to sip it. Bitterness is growing so much so... Are you tasting bitterness or acid flavor? What, well, what I feel like it's starting to taste like is like tannins that you get from like grape skins, like red grape skins. So potentially, this might sound a little out there, potentially some sort of like red, red wine barrel aged porter or something like that. Like that's how it's starting to come across to me as I continue to sip it. I could be way off, but that is what my taste buds are telling me. Hmm. I can get where you're coming from with that. Regardless, I really want to know what this is because it's kind of... It is good. How about that? I'm I not, like it. I don't... I'm, I'm not I can like, drink this. I'm not huge on it, but it's... Yeah, I can drink this. And I'm thinking... Hmm, what type of grapes would that even be? Like Malbec or like Zinfandel? You know, something like real hard on the tannins. I don't know. Opus 1? Oh, gosh. <laughs> If you are a wine drinker and you know what Opus 1 is, damn, it's expensive. And yeah. It's really what, good, though. Well, there are beers out there that have Opus 1 in it. We're, really? They were aged in Opus 1 barrels. Are you kidding me? Uh, Droid. Droid Theory's done that before. Yeah, well, there you go. The Legion. Was the, the Triptych, I think that the it Legion. was. I was the Legion. The Legion. Wow. It is a Belgian stout aged in Opus 1 barrels. A Legion? Legion, I believe it's Legion. Legion. Oh, not, Legion. No, it's not Le- Legion. Is not it? I thought you were saying it was one of the first ones. I'm, I'm pretty sure ninety nine percent was the triptych. No, I want to say I'm, I'm. We'll find out tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it's, it's I the thought bottle with the red. The no, red one. that's not the Opus One bar- bottle. The one sure. that's Opus One. It's it's in the yellow label with almost like the triangle pattern. Okay. Which I want to say is the triptych. That's fair enough. I think they've aged that triptych on a few different mm-hmm. things because I had one yeah. recently that was done with. Fair enough. Mezcal barrels? Yeah. Okay. I really yeah. want to say it's that Legion, though. Uh, he's definitely wrong. Well, I, can, I can guarantee you guys on We're going to find out. Well, to be honest with you, the one person that told me that it was Asian Opus 1 is the man that I'm sitting next to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, he, <laughs> so, he was listening to the wrong beer when I was telling him that. No, I guess what I'm saying, if you might be definitely right. Um, you know what I mean? Well, let's find out. Folks. You're the one that definitely told me. Let's find out. So, um... We're going to go ahead and, and rate these first, and then okay. we'll find out what they are. So if you need to jump back to A and take like a refresher sip just to see what you're feeling. A is one. 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 Don't like it. I don't think I can go one on that. No, I can. I think the most one. actually. It's not the worst one I've had, I, but I, it's definitely a one on my scale. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give it a one, but maybe a three. Yeah, I was actually thinking a three because it's not bad, but it's not all that good either it's just it like it's it's a beer yeah i wouldn't swim in it it's not offensive no it did not have offensive flavors smells like hotel air conditioning 
And if I'm talking about a beer in that way, then it means I don't really want it again. But it is lackluster. Yeah. No, it is. Incredibly lackluster. So that will be an overall 2.33. Not like a great showing, but whatever. So B. Uh, I'm assuming everyone's going to go higher. Uh, I don't know. This thing's starting to taste like a stout now. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with that pour. Weird. It's really definitely has a light body to me. Hmm. It's Weird. definitely delicious. That like See, it almost seems like one of those salted caramel porters that has been coming so? out recently. That, you get that really strong like a salty flavor in there. That tannic bitterness there. I feel like there. See, I get a really no bitterness. To be there. Some sort of wine, red wine barrel. I got some saltiness there, but I don't got bitterness. Grape must or I don't know. I'll give this one. Yeah, I'm not. That's why I asked you. Are you, you, you getting charcoalness or acid? Because I really don't get too much bitterness either. I mean, there's the leatheriness. I'm going to go with three. Not really char. All right, so Mike, you're going to three. Um, it's interesting to me. I think it's a six for me. A six? Yeah. Okay. It's got stuff going on. I don't love it, but I feel like i got to put it on the same level as I put the other one. Eh, no, I think I should give it a four, because it's definitely more interesting than A, and I think I, I would potentially choose... To drink it again. It's brewed well. Definitely brewed well. Okay, so and and it has layers of flavors. Like, I mean, we described it definitely many, has got layers. We described right. many different flavors oh, yeah. in this thing. You know what I mean? Like it to me, it at least deserves. I mean, sip. it's yeah, it's not like one flavor. Like we said, a couple of different things. We're we're sitting here in confusion. Yeah. Well, and and that's a good point. If a beer forces you to really take time with it, yeah, there's something to be said for that. It's special. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and reveal these beers. I would say special, but you know what I meant by that. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's got something to it. Unique. It's unique. It's different. We'll go ahead and reveal beer A first, because it's a loser. Overall, 2.33 is... What do we get? It is uh, by Du Decile, Brasserie Du Decile, Rosé de Hibiscus. It is an ale brewed with spices and hibiscus flour. It is 5.9% alcohol by volume. Did Rebecca get this at your store? Do you guys have to do the seal? She definitely did not get that. But I will tell you that this brewing company is awesome. They are good. They are awesome, dude. We had their Aphrodite. Oh, yeah. We had their Aphrodite stout on the show. We have some other stuff in stock, but not the specific one. Also, that is a very hybrid style. Kind of hard to put your finger on that one. You know what I mean? Um, Hibiscus is... For what it is, I think it's fine. Yeah, it was pretty. It, it wasn't bad, but I mean, they're starting to put a lot of hibiscus in dozes yeah. and Berlin vices. Like you're, you're, you're tasting a lot of that, and that's probably where we got the idea from. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, hibiscus is one of those things, kind of like passion fruit, where like when you tell me after the fact that's it, what I'm tasting, I'm like, okay. But when I'm tasting it, I'm not gonna be able to figure that out. I don't ever eat drink hibiscus <laughs> right, things. Exactly. Yeah, who does? All right, so now we know what that is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and reveal the winner of the episode. Overall, 4.33. Definitely uh, garnered a lot of discussion because it's confusing. I just want to say, the bottle actually says it's a Belgian. It's scratched out. Something wheat. Okay. So, probably a Belgian style wheat. So there's some wheat character. I mean, I really can find it really possible to call this a some type of brown or rice. You know, and, and just because it doesn't say it on the side, you know what I mean? 
Belgian something. Bel- yeah, it definitely says Belgian scratch meat. What's that say? If you can read that better than I can. I don't... Uh... It does say Belgian spot wheat. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's rubbed off. Yeah. it is. Yeah, I can't. I have no idea. Anyway, that's what that is. Let's see what the winner is. Overall, 4.33. The more interesting beer is... Legion. Legion. I said now it. Now we get to find out. And when okay. I said it's a Belgian-style porter... It's a Belgian stout. Stout. Okay. In Opus Which, 1. Which, porter and stout, whatever. It's basically and the same. And I knew it was that. I had Opus 1. No, I had no, a no. feeling of what we were drinking. Say, it doesn't say Opus 1. Uh, it says aged in Pinot Noir barrels. Pinot Noir barrels. Sorry. So, go. Opus 1's cap. Go. 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 So, I have, to, I, have to toot, I have to toot my own horn real quick. I kind of felt it was that beer. I, I called the tannins from uh, red wine, wine barrel aging. aging. Red wine barrel aging. So, I did do an RA job on that. Legion. One of the things I really like about uh, what they do, and I talked about this on the um, on the showcase episode for Adroit Theory, is that they have the food and like different pairings. So the food they say for this Moroccan spiced wagyu beef with roasted pepper couscous with cigar. Yeah, I'll take one medium. I'll get there. Piece. I'll get there. The cheese. <laughs> oh, it's the cheese for holler hawker. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what the food no, was. No, <laughs> if it ain't American cheese, Swiss cheese, cheddar cheese, I don't know what it is. There's some great cheese out there. Cigar Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan. I don't even know what that is. I don't, I don't, I don't even know why I asked the cigar. No, but Filthy Hooligan <laughs> just sounds dirty. It sounds Yeah, no, bad. it doesn't sound good. Why would you call your cigar that? That, that was an awesome beer. Definitely awesome beer. I just, I don't know. I mean, it was okay for me. It was Deep in my heart, I wanted to say it was Legion. I just couldn't say it. Well, you guys were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so deep in my heart, I felt like there. it was that bar. Anyway, how was your first mystery beer time? Fun? Interesting? Yeah. Challenging? It always definitely, definitely the first one was definitely challenging. Yeah. Well, we'll do another one, at least, and we'll, uh, we'll see if it gets easier. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Mike, you didn't say a whole lot, so do you need to say anything in closing on this episode? Nah, but you didn't do your little Google thing at the beginning. I did. Like you said I you did. There was so much going on between introducing Josh, having the, the start, the warm-up beer, the new bottle opener. Like, there's just too much. Which, if you guys really like the way you look, don't forget, he told you where you yeah, could get exactly. it. exactly. <laughs> Shut up, Mike. <laughs> I do sh- I do short videos too, so sometimes you know my mind it just you know. it was a looker. <laughs> but anyway, thank you everyone for checking this out. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and until then, keep it brutal. Cheers, adios. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 